0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu.
1: Hello, hello. Hello. I'm Brittany Luce, and you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, a show about what's going on in culture and why it doesn't happen by accident. Are you a good person, or do you just want to appear to be a good person? That's a major question asked by one of the weirdest shows out there, and I mean that in the nicest way. I'm talking about The Curse. This Showtime series is about a couple of house flippers creating an HGTV show in their gentrifying New Mexico town. And this isn't your typical home flipping show where everything's about making a profit. It's a marriage drama that picks apart this couple's need to be good, but also pokes fun at the smoke and mirrors behind home improvement shows.
0: But we really believe that gentrification doesn't have to be a game of winners and losers.
1: Their names are Whitney and Asher, played by Emma Stone and the show's co-creator, Nathan Fielder. And they're rounded out by their skeezy TV producer, Doug, played by my guest today, Benny Safty.
2: Just look at Whitney and just roll your eye and say, oh, you're being so uptight. And I'll get a camera right on her face getting a reaction.
1: I'm not going to say
0: that. <laughs> all right, all right.
1: Benny helped co-create the show, and you can find him both in front of the camera and behind it. He's probably best known for co-directing the film Uncut Gems, but you've also seen him act in Oppenheimer, Licorice Pizza, and even one of my favorites from 2023. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I sat down with Benny to talk about the curse. What makes home improvement shows both soothing and kind of sinister and the difference between do-gooders and seem-gooders? Benny, welcome to It's Been a Minute.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Okay. So, I mean, we got a humdinger of a show to talk about today. But first, a theme I've noticed in a lot of the things that you've directed or produced, The Curse, Uncut Gems, Good Time, Telemarketers, Love Has Won, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of your work has been about thieves, schemers, and strivers. Yeah. What attracts you to stories about people who know what they want and are willing to compromise anything to get it?
2: I think what it is is there's something about seeing somebody try and not succeed is a very personal moment. Mm. And it gives you sympathy to them because you're seeing them at a very vulnerable moment, Mm. even though they themselves may or may not be a good person. The moment that they are trying, you see their desperation and you see their desires. It's almost like a window into who people are, you know? We're very self-conscious people, and I think that we're very aware of how we put ourselves out there. And it's all about getting under that and and seeing people before they get to that kind of force field, you know?
1: Hmm, hmm. The characters that you focus on in The Curse, the two main characters, are, you know, this house-flipping couple – Whitney and Asher, in New Mexico, who hope to become HGTV superstars.
0: We are here filming the pilot episode of our new show. And we're husband and wife, so what we'll could go wrong?
1: And it's hard for me to watch The Curse and not think of, like, Chip and Joanna Gaines.
0: And you could add a pool one day. You could do all her raised bed gardens. You could lock Chip up in the dirty little storage shed that's in the back and never let him out. Great.
1: Or the production tactics that I've heard about on shows like House Hunters, um, and for the record, I'm very into specifically House Hunters myself because there's all this subtext around the couples that they feature <laughs> and like what's whatever's going on in their relationships. But and-
0: Justin sometimes will take it to another level with penny pinching.
1: Well, I just want to make want to make sure that we're okay. I don't want to. But I wonder, like. What is it about that kind of setting that captured your attention as a creator?
2: I love House Hunters in particular as well. For the longest time, I was, like, hypnotized by these shows. Like, because they lull you into feeling how they want you to feel, like, perfectly. Like, you literally, all of a sudden, you're looking out at the world like you could do anything. Like, oh they got their beautiful dream place and they're living the life of their dreams. Why can't I, you know? like Oh
1: yeah, they make me feel like immediately I need to take everything in my home and put it in a dumpster outside. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I can really live. But specifically with these HGTV shows, you're kind of understanding interpersonal dynamics between the kind of couple that yes. you're looking at and yes. you're understanding how they want a family. Do they want a family? How do they want to live their lives? You know, what do they want to do with the homes? So even though it is this performance... Underneath that, you can kind of really understand who's what and how they interact with one another, you know, based on little micro things that they can't necessarily hide. (laughs) So it is interesting to watch those shows trying to understand the real parts Mm -hmm. of them. There's another one that I think is great was Flip or Flop, you know, seeing, seeing the two of them like and understanding that like, wait a second, this marriage, there's something about it that's weird. The house is great. Uh, we paid $275,000. It's it's great. The house is great. I like this house. Okay. They're not clicking. Something's yes. off. And
1: now they're, like, divorced and he's, like, yes, exactly. Yeah, married so, to someone from Selling Sunset. Yes. So
2: it's, like, it, the whole thing, it's a matter of, like, looking just past it and and trying to see what, what's actually happening. And I think that's what the show is trying to do is see what actually goes into in the most realistic way, what would actually happen if these people did this?
1: That's so interesting because, you know, in The Curse, you have the show within the show, Flipanthropy or Green Queen, you know, however you call it. But you have the show that Whitney and Asher are trying to make, which is this very HGTV show that's very much about the American dream. And, And then outside of that, you also get into the reality of how most people are living in this area. But Asher and Whitney, it's like they have this awareness of themselves as these like moneyed white people in this very economically and racially diverse area. And they, as a result, they're very obsessed with being seen as good or being good people. And Asher says in the first episode, gentrification doesn't have to be a game of winners or losers, which is clearly magical thinking. And Whitney, played by Emma Stone, is really obsessed with chasing this kind of badge of moral purity Whitney strives for the approval of the Native people in the community to the point of being obnoxious and sometimes harmful about it. Because I came here today
0: to ask you to be a consultant for this
1: show. That's what I wanted to do. And it was going to be so special. And, I mean, you don't even want your art in the show. So, like, what am I thinking? But it's revealed in the series that Whitney's kind of trying to atone for financing their house flipping operation with her slumlord parents' money. And all that's to say, the curse is like a very deep examination of Whitney especially's desperation Mm -hmm. to be right to the point of ignoring when she's not. What did you want to explore about that kind of desperation?
2: It seems so counterintuitive, you know, to kind of put your least truthful face forward to try and ingratiate yourself into a place only to then kind of have to constantly be aware of that and put out fires and hide it, you know? It seems crazy. I think specifically with Whitney, she's moving into a neighborhood that she feels, I think, makes her authentic, you know, as a person. And that's her obsession, which is funny to, to want to be authentic, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's strange, because it's either you are or, or you are. you're not. Yeah. You really do see that she's obsessed with per- being perceived as good. It's weird, because when somebody's trying so hard to be good, it makes you feel really disgusting.
1: You know, mm. like there's something about, there's something it's about me. yeah.
2: Yes, because they're trying, but then again, if they're trying to be good for the wrong reasons, understanding motive changes how you're perceived.
1: So the title of the show is The Curse. Yeah, What is the curse in The Curse? I have a theory, which I'll share in a second. But what do you think The Curse is? It could be a lot of things.
2: I am hesitant to answer just because I don't want somebody to walk away with one specific thing. You could say The Curse is stupid and made up in people's heads, you know? But I do think that, like, asking that question is part of what the show is about and trying to understand humanity can also be thought of as a curse because wouldn't we all just be a lot happier if we didn't have to think about this stuff you know it's like (laughs) deep down i think the curse is
1: us Hmm. my understanding of the curse is a lot of like whitney and asher's like hand-wringing about goodness is very rooted in their white guilt in being Mm -hmm. in española in this place that's full of these like poor Latino and Native American people. And I th- think that like the curse is like their guilty white conscience in a way that can never be absolved in a mm-hmm. way that will also benefit them <laughs> as much as I yes. think that's... Like that's the thing yes. that I'm like, I think that they want they want to do good and seem good, but also they want to like be rich. <laughs> and, like... And those things are kind of opposed. In their specific circumstances, they are absolutely diametrically opposed. Yes, like yes. the way there's no the, the way that they want to go about it, it's not, it can't happen.
2: It's kind of the equivalent of having your cake and, and like, like and eating it too. It's like it's just <laughs> they, they want everything.
1: I got one more question for you. So recently you and your brother have creatively parted ways. You guys worked together yes. for a long time. But Now that you're on your own and acting, like at least to me, it seems as much as you're directing and producing, I want to know what you're looking to try out because I've never worked with a sibling, but I had a longtime creative partner who's one of my best friends from college. And now I'm working on my own again after a very long time. And it's interesting because like whenever you separate from somebody that you've been working with creatively for a very long time, you... Go through a period, I think, of rediscovery. And I mean, I saw you in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I watched it on a plane. I was crying. It was yeah. so good. I did not know it was you. I was blown away by the performance. <laughs> I loved the movie. I was like, Who is this guy? He played the dad. He's great. That was camp. It was amazing. So you were in a play? <laughs> yep. Oh my God, it's incredible. What are those boxes? For? But I'm wondering, yeah, like now that you are kind of going on your own path, what are you looking to try out?
2: I think it was maybe just like after. Uncut Gems, it was just like, okay, well, what next? You know, it was just a natural question because that was something we'd been working towards for so long. And we just had different answers. So, you know, we just kind of like, okay, we'll do this. You know, I'll make some stuff. You make some stuff. And there are a lot of questions that I've had in this long period of time. So I think that it just really is getting a little bit more into those things and trying to really kind of dive in and understand it. Margaret is an interesting thing that you bring up because that was the first time anybody had asked me to play a part like that. You know, Mm. I have two kids, you know, it's like I'm in an interfaith (laughs) marriage and it's like, so literally, and and I'm Jewish and I'm a It's like your life, yeah. (laughs) Yes, and so it was like, it was an interesting thing where somebody actually looked at me and saw me as capable of doing that. And there was something really cathartic about, trying to put myself in a position of unconditional love with no understanding of what the other person was going through. It was interesting Mm. because Judy Bloom, when she was on set, she said something really interesting to me. She said her father was very important to her because he would always give her a hug. And in that hug, everything else disappeared. And she said that's what Mm. she saw his place as in her life. And I took that to heart and I was like, okay, that's how this guy should be, you know, that he desperately wants to help and understand his daughter and his wife and what she's dealing with and what she's going through, but he can't. But the fact that he wants to try and make them feel better is, is nice, you know? And Hmm. I think it's just a matter of exploring all sides of myself and what I want to do.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's a beautiful answer. Coming up. Benny and I play a little game called Real or Surreal. Stick around.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. To learn more, go to cancer.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Benny, we have a little game for you. Are you ready to play it? Yes, I am. Just for context... Your character in The Curse is a reality TV producer. He produced a reality bachelor type show where the man is masked. And at the end, when he picks a date, they reveal that he is a burn victim whose skin is badly damaged. Find out what happens
0: this season on. Love to the third
1: degree. It was so depraved, but also I could see that being a real show. So we have created a game based on this. It's called Real. Or surreal. Okay. I got a few reality shows. Wow. Yes. I got Amazing. a few reality shows and some that are fake from other TV shows. And you have to tell me whether they're real or surreal. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. Number one, best funeral ever. It is what it sounds like. Is this real or surreal? I would say that's real. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. It is a real show and it aired on TLC. Best funeral ever. Maybe we could do a, like a Western movie and have good guys and bad guys. I like that because that's what he likes. It's amazing.
2: It's insane.
1: It's It's so insane. It kind of makes me sad because I'm like, oh my gosh, even if like I wanted to have, if I wanted to be featured on best funeral ever, I'd never like to see it. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad.
2: Well, the question becomes is, <laughs> when are they going to do the episode where the person gets up and is like,
1: ta-da! <laughs> Special Easter episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, buying naked a house hunting show that sells exclusively to nudists. Real or Surreal. Surreal. Fortunately, that is a real show. It also aired. It is. Wow. On TLC. Yes. That's crazy.
2: I mean, do I hug? Do I shake hands? For some reason, that's like, and that one seemed tame. So I was kind of like, okay, maybe that <laughs> one's not real. Because it was too tame. <laughs> okay, wow. It's too tame. Well, they do have naked and afraid, which is.
1: For some reason, I'm like, well, that's different because that's survival. Why is that different? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that different? Um, number three. MILF Island, a reality show where MILFs and young boys vote each other off the island. Real or surreal?
2: That is real.
1: Technically, that is surreal. MILF Island is from 30 Rock. Didn't one of those MILFs die during production? She had too much
2: champagne and a monkey knocked her into some quicksand. It could happen anywhere.
1: However, it is not to be confused with the real show, MILF Manor. Which is pretty much the same show. Yes,
2: that's what I was thinking is. Okay.
1: Yes, but everybody's of legal age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, mom. Yes. So that's a, that's a halfway. I'm on, I'm yeah. That's a, I'll give you a half a point. Right now, wait. So right now, I didn't even keep track. Right now. One I'm and a half. I'm at
2: one and a half right now.
1: You're at one and a half. I mean, I guess you're not playing against anybody. But yes, you're at one and a half right now. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. All right, number four. A show called Kid Nation. It's essentially... Lord of the Flies with real children, real or surreal.
2: I feel like I've heard of something like this. I want to say real. You are correct. You are yeah, correct. I feel like I've heard of this one.
1: Yes. 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 Forty children made their own society yes. at an abandoned summer camp.
2: Well, when we first started planning for dinner, I realized that a lot of us haven't done anything
1: like this before. This is so not butter. I do not know how they got parents to sign release forms for that. I don't know. I don't know. One last one for you. And then I have one
2: for you. Oh, okay. okay. I have one okay. for you. Yes.
1: Then. The 1895 Challenge, a reality show where people are forced to live as though the year is 1895. Real or surreal? That
2: is surreal, but I think it would be crazy. (laughs) Is it real?
1: (laughs) You are correct. It is surreal. It is from (laughs) The Simpsons.
0: It takes six hours to make breakfast now. Hey, you should see how much trouble Dad's having shaving with a straight razor.
2: Yes. Okay, so I have one for you. Okay. Real or surreal. Who's your daddy is the name. There's one woman who's in the house, and she's in a house with ten men. And she has to choose who her biological father is. And the men are trying to trick her into thinking that she is their, they are their, her father. And whoever wins, wins money.
1: Oh, it's so tricky because it's so close to the plot of Mamma Mia that I'm like confused. I, but I've never heard of it, and I just feel like this is something that I would. I feel like this is something I would have watched. Oh, I, I hate to say that, but I, I would have watched it. I'm gonna say it's surreal.
2: It is real. <laughs> it is no. real. Yes. Wait, Why did you guys give me front option? It was so a very. Turbulent time in our in our research because we were trying to figure <laughs> no. out what that we were trying to figure out what that line was for <laughs> the show. It ended up only being one episode special because they were like, we cannot air this because the whole goal was the people trying to trick this poor person into yes. thinking that they were her real father. Oh and that if they won, if they tricked her and she picked them as her father, and they're like, sorry, that's not your father. They won money and she left with nothing except the knowledge of who her real father was.
1: That is sick.
2: Oh, my God. It's That's so awful.
1: twisted. That is awful. I don't know why I'm surprised, though, because, I mean, I just think about, like, the swan or something like that, where people would get surgery before they got married. Oh, my God.
2: And what a title.
1: Benny, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I i never imagined I would meet a person who's seen perhaps more reality television than I have. Never. <laughs>
2: Well, it's been unbelievable talking, so thanks. This is this was so much fun.
1: Thanks again to Benny Safdie. The Curse is out now on Showtime. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Liam McBain. This episode was edited by Jessica Plachek. Bilal Qureshi. Engineering support came from Stacey Abbott. Our executive producer is... Verilyn Williams. Our VP of programming is... Yolanda Sanguini. All right, that's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. A new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics. Built to move in. Styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news. Some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out, what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First, every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts.